Matthew chapter 13. Are you there? If you're not, they're going to put it on the screen. Last week, Pastor began uh, in our series on blessed. Pastor began a kind of a mini series on the amazing blessings that are found in the word of God. Wasn't last week phenomenal? This has just been, it's just been powerful week after week after week. And I'm going to continue uh, in this vein, but pastor mentioned in his message, if you'll remember at the front end of his message, he, he referenced the parable of the sower. How many of you are familiar with the parable of the sower? And for some reason, all week, I have been stuck on the parable of the sower. And I've been meditating on it, praying about it. And I really feel like the Lord wants me to back up. And I want to go over something because I believe there's something that we need to see in the parable of the sower. Concerning the word of God. Someone say the amazing blessings in the word of God. Let's read Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 through 23. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, a great mul- and great multitudes were gathered to him. So that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. Someone say parables. Saying, behold, a sower went out to sow, and he sowed some seed... And he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, listen to this, and the bird came and devoured it. Then Jesus says, some seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up. And because they did not have no depth of earth to be received. So Jesus says the first seed falls by the wayside, the birds come and devour it. The second time the seed is sown. Because it was sown on stony places, there was nowhere for the seed to take root. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, it says the seed withered away. And some fell, the third soil, some fell on thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Listen to this. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Jesus says this, he who has ears, let him hear. Father, I thank you right now for your word. I pray in these next few moments that you would expound your word. Speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said. Now, first of all, I understand that this parable has salvation implications. In other words, it is salvific in terms of Jesus is illustrating that he has come onto the scene And he is bringing the kingdom of God. He is bringing the message of the kingdom of God to Israel. And he's basically saying this. There are four types of soils that the word of God is falling upon. And so we know that Jesus is speaking to a specific audience. But I do not believe that this parable only has one level of interpretation. Because I believe that this parable is still as relevant to us today as it was then. And I want to preface before we read any further, I want you, you know, this parable is so important. Listen, Jesus said in Mark four, he said, unless you understand this parable, you will not understand anything else. And the principle is this, and and Jesus, and we're going to read it. He's going to go on to explain that the seed is the word of God. 
But here's where it gets interesting. The seed, the word of God. First Peter says you were born again, not by corruptible seed, but by incorruptible seed. Right. The seed of the word of God. The word of God is powerful. It's solidified. It's forever settled in the heavens. God's word is powerful beyond all imagination. Nothing can ever take away from the word. Jesus said not one jot or tittle, right? Nothing can be taken away from the word of God. The word of God is powerful. How much of the time? All of the time. But, someone say but. It's effectiveness in our lives is determined by the soil of the heart. Pastor preached to us last week. He began to expound on all of the incredible things that the word of God can do. It can, the word of God can create a universe. It can hold planets in suspension. The word of God can heal. It can deliver. It can create. It can recreate. It can renew. It can restore. It can cleanse. It can, it can, it can do all of these things. But listen to this. The word of God, as powerful as it is, can be limited in its effectiveness if the soil that it's received in is not prepared. Isn't that wild? And so that's why Jesus says in Mark 4, he says, I got, until you understand this parable, you will not understand the other parables. And Jesus then proceeds to talk about four soils. We're going to talk about those four soils. But listen to this. In verse 10, his disciples came to him and said to him, why do you speak to the crowds in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Listen to this part. For whoever has... Mysteries and understanding, whoever has, to him more will be given. Does this remind you of something? Remember the the parable of the talents. For whoever has, to him more will be what? Given. Right? And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables Because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And then Jesus says this, by this taking place, it's actually fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied thousands of years before this. Listen to this. Hearing you will hear, but you will not understand. Seeing you will see, but you will not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes of closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. Listen to this. So that I should heal them. But blessed are you for your eyes see and your ears hear for they hear. For surely I say to you, many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but they did not hear it. Someone say amen. I want to unpack this. So Jesus tells the parable of the sower. But then his disciples come to him and they say, Lord, why why are you speaking to the crowds and parables? And Jesus gives, he breaks it down. He explains it. And basically Jesus hides what a parable is. 
Jesus was not inventing anything new. This was very common in that day. It's, very, it's a very Jewish way of teaching. You, what you do is you take important concepts from the word of God and you hide it in stories and you make it plain so that people will understand. But what Jesus is doing, he's taking the mysteries of the kingdom and he's hiding them in the story, but he's hiding them for two types of people. Jesus said, number one, I'm hiding the truth inside of the parable for you because it's been given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. In other words, to you, the mystery is going to be, even though it's hidden in the parable, you're going to be given insight and revelation concerning the mysteries of the kingdom. But Jesus also says, there's another reason why I'm doing this. And he tells us, and it's from the prophet Isaiah. In other words, God told his people, listen, because you have hardened your heart, because you have turned your ear away from me, guess what he said? He goes, you're going to hear, but you're not going to understand. You're going to see, but you're not going to perceive it. In other words, this is what God does. This is actually a form of judgment. This is actually a form of judgment on Israel. God is saying, if you will not open your heart to the word of God, I'm going to make sure you get what you ask for. Because you see, we have this thing about judgment. We think that judgment is God sending fire or flooding the earth. That is not the only way that God judges. Sometimes judgment is when God gives us over to what we want. And so when the prophet is prophesying from Isaiah, he's saying, okay, you don't want to hear my word. I'm going to make it to where you can hear my word. And Jesus is saying there's two types of people right now. He says, to you, it's been given to understand, but to them it hasn't. In other words, Jesus is separating two classes of people. He's saying, those who have a heart ready to receive are going to hear, but those who don't are not. But here's the good news. Someone say the good news. Jesus told his disciples, it is For you, it has been given, someone say given, to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And here's what I take great hope in that. Because Jesus tells the disciples before the cross, to you have been given the mysteries of the kingdom. Let me ask you a question. How much more does God want us to understand and perceive his word and the mysteries of his word? If he can tell his disciples before the cross, it's been given to you. How much more us now on this side of Calvary, when you have been born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God, it is God's, listen to me, it is God's will for your life. I want to declare this over you. It is God's will for your life that the word of God, the revelation contained in his word, the mysteries contained in his word, it is your birthright. Oh, someone needs to get more excited about that. Do you understand that left alone, this book is amazing as it is, unless God gives us insight, it does nothing for us. But God has told us as his kids, the revelation of his word is our birthright. 
Okay, I feel the preaching anointing coming on. So many of us are living below what is available because it's hit. It's hidden inside of the word of God and it's hidden. Oh my, it's hidden there. Not just in parables. I'm talking about it's hidden in the pages waiting to be discovered like precious oil, like precious diamonds, like precious gold, like precious metals. It's hiding there. And when I say hiding, it's there waiting to be discovered. And God is saying, it's your inheritance. But here's the crazy part is that as much as God wants the seed of the word of God to be sown, the four soils still matter. Because guess what? God's word can't have its way in us unless the soil is right. Let me prove it to you. We're going to break each soil down. Can I go there? And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to interpret it. I'm going to read it from the passion translation. Cause I like how it broke it down. The, someone say the first soil. Jesus said this. He said, he's speaking to his disciples. Now you are ready to hear the explanation of the parable here. Jesus breaks it down. What was sown along the wayside or the path represents the one who listens to the message of the kingdom of heaven but doesn't understand it. Listen, listen to this next part. The adversary then comes and snatches away what has been sown. Here's the one thing that you and I, this is what this, this first soil teaches us. The one thing you can never do with the word of God, listen to me, is you have to do something. You can never do nothing. Because what happened with the first soil is the word of God was sown, but because they didn't understand it, the, 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 the person mentioned here didn't do anything with it. And so the Bible says the adversary, so the, listen, the, this is the word of God. The thing that created the universe is sown. Boom. Precious. This precious thing is given. But if, if we don't do something with it, guess what happens? It stays there and guess what the enemy does? Boom. Because what the first soil represents, this is a person that is too nonchalant. Passive. Actually a bit careless. Wasteful. And even stagnant, they get this word and they say, well, I don't understand it. So can I, can I speak plainly? It sounded like a good message on Sunday, but I I don't really understand it. Let's go about my business. We're to never treat the word of God in a careless manner. Because here's what happens when God sows a word and and let's just say you do not understand or you don't comprehend it or you're not grasping it. You know what you do? You don't just say, I I don't understand it. So I'm not going to do anything. You know what you do? You grab it. And you know what you do? You go to somebody. Well, first of all, you go to him and pray and you say, Lord, I don't understand, but give me understanding. Because 
just because, just because we don't understand, there's no excuse because he says in James, let any man that lacks wisdom ask of the father who gives generously. And so what, what, the one thing we can't do is nothing. So even when God speaks a word or speaks in his word and our mind is not comprehending it, the, the person in the first soil didn't have the understanding that what I have is valuable and I got to do everything I can to get understanding. In other words, ask, seek, and what? Not. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and all of your getting, get understanding. The one thing, though, that I can't do with the word of God is I can't do nothing, even when I don't understand it. I gotta, I, I've got to go to him and say, Father, I need understanding. You know what? i got to go to my brother who's been walking with the Lord more years than I have and says, you've got to help me understand this. I've got to call the church line and say, I need to talk to a pastor today. I need to call the prayer line and say, listen, i got a word from God, but I don't even know what it means. You never let the word of God just sit. Because here's what it will do. God could be sowing incredible things, but when it's not used... Guess what? The enemy doesn't even have to do anything. He just takes it. But here's the second soil. The one sown on stone or gravel represents, listen, the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, Troubles and persecution come because of the message of the kingdom he received. Listen to this. Then he quickly falls away for the truth did not sink into his heart. But I want you to see at each level, there's a, there's a more of a level of receptivity, but there's some issues with the soil because what happens is in this, in this soil, the Bible says that they receive the message gladly. You know what that means? In other words, they actually experienced an emotional response. But the Bible says there was still not room in the heart for the seed to grow. So the experience was shallow. In other words, I like what I'm hearing. I want what I'm hearing, but I'm not going to commit. I'm, I'm glad about the message I'm hearing. You mean that's the kingdom of God? That's the promise of God? Of course I'll take that. But I don't want to make any room for my heart for it. Or I, I'll take the experience without the depth. Give me the word. Speak the word of blessing, but I don't want the character. Speak the word of blessing, but I don't want to actually have to make room. Speak the word. Bless me, Lord, but I don't really want to change. Because there are people who week in and week out encounter the message, the power of the message, receive it gladly. But because there was no room in their heart, the message did not penetrate the heart and there's no transformation. We, and we've all lived here at some stage of our life. Like, let, me, let me prove it. And this is why, listen to what it says. It says that the person who receives it with, with gladness but doesn't have the depth. Listen, it says shortly after he hears the word. Listen. The enemy is aware of the seed that's being sown. Because it says here, 
as soon as this person hears the word, listen to me, somebody hear me. It says troubles and persecutions come. It tells you right here, because of the word you just received. Can you put it up? Because I don't want anyone to think that I'm making this up. Verse 21. Don't put it up. The passage translation says this. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come. Listen, because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away for the truth did not sink deep. Wait a minute. The word of God is supposed to be a blessing to my life. You're telling me that the minute I I receive a word, trouble and persecution can come? Absolutely. Can I tell you something? When you get a word from God, things may get worse before it gets better. Because here's why. As long as you're playing church or just, and I don't mean that harshly, I'm being serious. As long as we're playing games, experiencing the emotions of it all, the enemy don't care because there's no seed. He knows you can get the joy, the feelings, but then guess what? The seed, the seed, the word has been sown, but there's no depth. So there's nothing penetrating. So you've had an experience, you've had an encounter, but there's no, there's nothing that's been sown. So that's why week in and week out, believers are tormented because they experience a message or a service on a Sunday. But because the seed of the word of God has not been planted, listen, they're tormented Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, because it's the seed of the word of God that brings forth a harvest of righteousness. And so the enemy, of course, he doesn't even want us to encounter or hear, but the enemy has no problem with us having experiences as long as that never leads to the seed falling on the soil. And so in here, in this parable on the stony ground, it says he receives it gladly, but there's no depth. There's nowhere for the word to penetrate. And listen to what it says. It says troubles come and persecutions. That word trouble means pressure. But see, pressure is good for us. I know we don't like pressure, but you know, you wouldn't have diamonds without pressure. Pressure is good for us because what pressure actually does is pressure reveals what's in us. If I take, if I, if you were to throw me a lemon and I squeeze the lemon, what would come out of a lemon? If you give me an orange and I squeeze an orange, what's going to come out of an orange? The Greek word for troubles there is pressure. When pressure comes, it reveals the troubles we face actually reveal so much about where our heart is. And you need to understand, as illustrated in this parable, whenever you whenever you receive the seed of God's word, you already saw it in the first parable. If it's laying there, the enemy's just going to take it. But as the soil gets deeper, you better believe he's, he's going to be relentless. So if he can't just come and snatch it, guess what he's going to do? He's going to send trouble and persecution. Listen, persecution. Persecution? Yes. Because once you get the seed of the word of God, there's a target on your back. Persecution. You know, because see, everyone's fine while you're playing church, but let you really commit. Let you really start living on the word of God. 
all of a sudden, you can't go to the same places you used to go. You can't do the same things you used to say. You can't talk the same way you used to talk. You can't behave the same way you used to behave. All of a sudden, people got a problem with you. While you were playing church, no one had a problem with you. You're too churchy. You give 10% of your income. You go to church too. You see what I'm saying? People will come out of nowhere talking about calling you religious and all that. I'm sorry. I am. Let me not go there. Because when you begin to attempt to to move your life in the direction of God's word, the enemy's not going to be like, okay, I'm just going to leave this person alone. No, he's going to crank it up. Trouble's going to come. And so sometimes you get a word from God and you're like, man, things seem like they're getting worse before they get better. Listen, every once in a while you need to realize, guess what? This is a sign that I'm blessed. There's been something deposited in me because... Why would they even be messing with me if there wasn't something inside of me? You weren't messing with me six months ago. All of a sudden, you're all up in my business. And it says that they were made to fall away, which means this. Fall away can actually mean to get offended or made to stumble. And so actually what happens to this type of soil is when you get a word from God and trouble or persecution comes and it guess what? It will come at some form or fashion in our lives. What happens is if, if this heart is not mature enough to, to walk this process out. So it's able to easily get offended. God, I'm offended because you said I'm called to this and I'm I'm, going to do that. And I'm going to do that. And all of a sudden I got all this. So now I'm angry at you. Or maybe the stuff that people are speaking against you are now starting to cause an offense. Let me tell you something about offense. It's one of the enemy's greatest tools. Offense. The devil wants you to be either offended at God or offended at people. You know why? Because he's offended at God. I just got, see, both the father and the devil are trying to, are are trying to make you in their image. You're already made in the image of the father, but the enemy is trying to make you in his image. In other words, he wants you to be like him. He wants you to be offended at God, angry, offended, unforgiving, all these things. He wants all of these things. Listen, if I could give you any word of advice for 2023, if you want the blessings from the word of God, keep your heart from offense. Keep your heart from offense. Offense will hinder your prayers. Offense will hinder your walk. Offense will hinder your ability for the word of God to grow in your life. I'm trying my best. It's hard. I'm trying to live an unoffendable life. It's hard, but it's possible. Unoffended. But this person, there was no depth and no commitment. And so at the slightest bit of persecution and, and pressure, it was taken. Amen? Let's read this third soil. The third soil, the one sown among thorns, represents one who receives the message. See, there's, a, there's another level of receptivity here. But listen, all of life's busy. Someone say busy. 
distractions, his divided heart, and the ambition for wealth suffocate the kingdom of God and he becomes fruitless. I got to break this down because it's very easy to misinterpret this. If you're reading the, the King James or New King James, what it says is the cares, the thorns are the cares of this life. Someone say the cares of this life. The Greek word there, it can be translated anxieties. You see, because at this level of soil, the word is beginning to penetrate, but there's thorns that are, that are coming up. These are the things that are in our heart, that, that the anxieties of our life that we are not allowing God to deal with. Some of them may be legitimate issues. Legitimate concerns. Hello, the concerns of life. What's that old song? What needless things we bear because all because we don't bring it to him in. These are the things that are bubbling up under the surface. The things in our heart, maybe that we're not even aware of or the things that arise in our life. And what the, if the enemy remembers, so if he can't take the seed. Or get you to surrender the seed. What he does is he, he tries to stress you out, worry you out, make you so anxious that literally that anxiety begins to choke the faith in the seed of the word of God right out of you. Here's what's so ironic about that is he begins to choke the word out of you when you're worried about the anxieties of life. Okay. And l- l- let me give you one example. Let's talk about provision. Can we talk about provision for just a couple minutes? Provision, finances, provision are a necessity of life. Someone say amen. And so obviously if we're facing challenges or we're we're, we're in need, that becomes a concern. But see, found in the word of God is a promise that he's going to supply all of your needs according to his what? Okay. So God does not diminish the need. He promises to meet it. But what the enemy does is he wants to choke the, he wants to choke you with anxiety to the point where all you see is the need. You can't see the covenant that God has made with you. So he begins to choke the seed of the word of God. And what he does is he gets you to worry about provision and am I going to make it and am I going to have enough and is God going to really be God? And, and, and I, I know what the word says, but look at my circle. And next thing you know, it's choking the life out of the seed of the word of God. Here's what's interesting. He brings up the deceitfulness of riches. He does not say that there's a problem with wealth or riches. He says the deceitfulness of it. Here's what I've learned about provision and money. Both the person who doesn't have and the person who worships money have the same problem. Because when you don't have enough, all you think about is what? And if you're not careful, when God begins to bless you, you begin to serve money and it becomes an idol.
And he says it's the deceitfulness of riches. You know why? Because it's a false sense of security and it's a false sense of hope. Because money was always meant to be a tool, but it was never meant to be a God. And so what happens is, he says, what happens is at one time you had the precious seed of the word of God. But now your heart, the same way your heart can be choked out with anxiety over provision, over the cares of life. It can also be choked out by the, by the I'm sorry, the relentless pursuit of more to where all your heart is saying, I got to have more. I got to have more. I got to have more. And next thing you know, you're serving mammon. Do you see the trap? And so see the enemy's got a lie for each person and, and it often attacks us in that area because how many of you know that God doesn't want you lacking? I believe God wants to bless your life. I believe he wants you to have more than enough because guess why? God's called you to be a steward. What does a steward do? do? A steward gives, he manages, he invests, he multiplies, and then he repeats. 30, 60, 100 fold. God doesn't have a problem with blessing. But he says somewhere along the way, so many of us either allow the anxieties of life to choke it out of us or we become consumed where the blessing actually becomes the idol. Amen. How many know that there's a better way? There's a kingdom way. There's a way that you can be blessed. There's a way that God can bless your socks off. Did you know there's a way that you, God can bless your socks off, but you still be as hungry for God and as hungry for his word as the first day you received grace. I believe God wants to raise up millionaires and billionaires who are at all night prayer meetings, who worship their heart out. It's not like, oh yeah, they got the gift. No, listen, I'm telling you, God's raising up some people with significant amounts of wealth who will go after God like they're a wild man. God wants to show the world that there's people who can represent what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Amen. And so the third soil, because of these thorns and distractions and because of the divided heart and the ambition for wealth, it suffocates the kingdom message. And it says he becomes what? Fruitless. Fruitless. Someone say a divided heart. The heart literally becomes divided. So what happens is the word of God is sown. But it can't reach its potential in that person's life because the soil has become corrupted. Let's read about the fourth soil and I got to close. Oh my God, my time's gone. Is this helping anybody this morning? He says, but what was sown on the good, rich, someone say rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, someone say 30, 60, and even 100 times what was sown. Even that is another message in and of itself. The condition of the heart, what we are willing to steward, what we are willing to manage, what we are willing to steward properly actually determines whether we're going to produce 30, 60, or 100 fold. 
I don't know about you, but I'm praying that I'm a hundredfold person. How many of you want to be a hundredfold person? And when I say a hundredfold, I'm, t- I'm, I'm talking about concerning all the things that are promised in the word of God, right? The word, I'm talking about the promises of God. I want to steward the things of God, the promises in his word to where I'm a hundredfold person. But Jesus said, it's all about the soil. So I want you to stand with me to your feet. And I want, I want, I want to declare some things over us today as we close. I'm going to have the worship team come. Here's a question. Because when I read this parable, you see Peter, the apostle Peter says this. You should be aware of the devil's schemes. Is that right? Some people think about the devil too much. I don't know why. But you got to be aware of him. Some some people have too big a devil, too little of a God. But he's very real. He's come to seek. I mean, he, he... comes to kill still and what so as we're reading through these parables I, I can see some of the strategies and the ways the enemy gets us so many times to forfeit something that God has promised and sometimes it's been in ways that you didn't realize You thought all the pressure was just coming from the natural? You thought all that persecution was just happening? No. There are things, if you start paying attention to your lives, there are things that began to happen because significant seed was deposited. The enemy saw, oh my God, they're getting a revelation of this. I better do this. They're, oh my goodness, they're starting to read about sonship. I better do this. Oh, wait a minute. They're starting to dig into the promises. I was okay with them as long as they were just trying to survive. But now they're talking about promises. And so the enemy tries to get into our lives and steal the seed of God's word any way that he can. But I I want to say this. I want to declare this over you because I've been been meditating on, on this all week. This will be the year that the soil is right. I don't know who I'm talking to. Listen. Yesterday is gone. Come on, say that when yesterday is. I'm letting go of offense. Listen, I'm letting go of sin this year. Any sin issues this year. I'm getting the soil right. Because I'm tired of starting and stopping and starting and stopping. I'm tired of the word of God being sown. And then it being stolen from me. I'm tired of the enemy robbing from me. This is the year that my heart, I'm going to tend the heart tends of the soil of my heart so that when God is depositing words and growing a word this year, this is going to be good soil. 
So here's my encouragement to you. Whatever pain you're carrying over from last year, let God heal it and let it go. Whatever you need to confess, confess it. Whatever you need to forgive, forgive it. Whatever your burdens and anxieties you're carrying, I'm not shaming you for it. I'm saying you better learn where to cast them and you better learn to bring them to to his feet because if you don't, it's going to start to choke the word out of your heart. What you, you need to be more aware of what God is doing and what God is speaking and what God is doing in your life than you are aware of all of the other things that are happening. So with every hand lifted, I just want to declare this over you. The enemy cannot Stop the word of God. He can't make it less powerful. He can't touch it. But what he does is he gets to you. He wants you to drop that word. Give up that word. Leave that word alone. Here's one. Some of you. Did God really say? Do you really believe that God said that to you? Do you really believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ? Do you really believe that God called you to ministry? Do you really believe? Because the circumstances of your life, he says, see, because of your circumstances. And some of us, he's lying to us through the circumstances. Some of you are struggling financially and going through hardships. And you're saying, God, I must be doing something wrong. Listen, that does not mean you're doing anything wrong necessarily. It might actually mean that you're heading in the right direction. What you've got to keep. Here's here's your assignment. You ready? It just hit me. In Luke chapter 11, a woman comes to Jesus and says this. Blessed is the womb that carried you. And you know what he said? He looked at her and said, even more blessed is the one who receives the word and what keeps it. Keeps, did you hear that? Keep the word. This is the year to keep the word. Some of you are going through the greatest struggles of your life. And I'm telling you, your assignment is to keep the word. Grab a hold of the word and do not let the enemy continue to steal that precious seed. Say, God, whatever you got to do, prepare the soil of my heart. I'm tired of being lied to. I'm tired of the enemy robbing from me. I am tired of disqualifying myself. God, deal with this, the condition and the soil. So that when your seed is deposited into my heart, God, it's going to bear a fruit of righteousness this year. This year, it's going to bear a fruit of righteousness, of peace. This, oh, come on, I'm, if this is what you need, just begin to just begin to grab a hold of this. It's going to be a, a harvest of, of healing. It's going to be a harvest of abundance. It's going to be a harvest of, 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 of provision. It's going to be a harvest of reconciliation. It's going to be a harvest of things coming together. It's going to be a harvest of the dead and dry things coming alive. God, I pray that your word, this will be the year that we see in significant ways your word come to pass if I could have our prayer counselors please join me with every head bowed every eye closed would you just bow your heads with me if there's anyone in this room I gotta close if there's anyone in this room and you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to do that right now would you just wave at me 
Come on, I see your hands. Bless God. Thank you. I see you, sis. Thank you. Online. Come on, Inspire Church. Can we pray this? Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Cleanse me. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. I declare you Lord of my life. And I make a decision to follow you all the days of my life. Come on, Inspire Church. Let's give them a hand clap. And in just a second, I'm going to pray over you. And then I'm going to open these altars for anyone that needs prayer. But let me, I want to pray over us before we leave. Before, before I pray, they're going to put this on the screen. If you need to sign up for salvation, prayer, baptism, please do that. And if you're not subscribed to this uh, daily devotional, please do. But with your hands lifted, let me pray over us today. Here's a question for you. How many promises are hanging over your life? How many words is God waiting to deposit? The circumstances and the enemy has tried to choke out of you. Father, I pray, God, that you would begin to breathe on hearts in this place. Father, deal with the condition of our hearts, Lord. For those of us who are the first soil, we keep hearing, but we're doing nothing with it and there's no understanding. God, I pray that this is the year. Ask, seek, knock. This will be the year of understanding. This is the year that the door will be opened. For the second soil, Father, for those who receive it, but God, that experience their, their walk with you has not reached a level of depth where you can do what you want to do. God, I pray that we would move. Someone say, I'm going to move beyond the motions. I'm going deeper this year. Commit. I'm committing this year. Father, to the third soil who have received the message and really, really, really love you and want to do what you've asked. But Lord, the cares of life, the concerns of life, the things of life have just found a way to choke it. For th- there may be someone here in this room, you're saying, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's so hard for me to even believe right now. It's so hard for me to even hope right now. It feels like things are choking me from every angle. Father, I pray that you would begin to cut those thorns today. Father God, that you begin to heal that soil. Father God, that you begin to speak hope and life over that soil again. Father, I pray that, the, Father, all of us in this place, I pray that this would be the year that we let go of offense. We let go of unforgiveness. Here's one, we even let go of the pain of the past. Let the pain of the past be buried in the past. Let the things of old remain in the past, God, so that we can move forward so that this year, as you're depositing and you're breathing on your word, we're not just going to see a little fruit. We're going to see much fruit this year. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. These altars are open. I pray that you have the best and blessed week in Jesus' mighty name.